Stage 10 clinger? Now you latch to the next thing that walks through the door? Yo, 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 what is up? Welcome back. This is IP Season. I'm your host, Enero, and this is the number one get your shit together relationship podcast on the planet. Uh, today's episode is episode 53, Nine Danka. It's about rejection. All right, that said, let's get into it. All right, so how are you with rejection? Like, does it throw you for a loop? Does it derail you? Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't because it's very common. It's not going anywhere. Rejection uh, has always been around and it will always be around. And it shows up in all kinds of different forms. No is a rejection. And there's many variations and iterations and uh, various forms of that. It's not going anywhere. Don't freak out. It's it's not a problem. It doesn't mean anything. It just means no. Um, Doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be asking for a date Um, breaking up from somebody that you're dating, proposing to somebody to get married, divorcing somebody. Rejection is there. It's always there. It will always be there. It's, it never leaves the table. It's always an option. Rejection is, is just a part of the game. But regardless of how common it is, people really struggle with rejection until they learn to deal with it. Now, Commonly, it's one of those things that you learn over time. And, and at an elderly age, there's not a lot of uh, things that bother you. People can reject you. You don't, you don't care. It doesn't matter. But I don't want you to wait till you're 80 to learn how to deal with rejection. You have to have that tool in your toolbox. So rejection can really do a number on you if you don't know how to handle it, right? When it happens, Again, the differences of magnitude, sure. Um, getting turned down for a, a dinner date is a lot different than getting served divorce papers after two decades. But they're still both rejections. They're, they're indicative of a person saying, no, thanks, I, I'd rather not with you anymore or at all. So you have to know how to handle this tool because a lot of times... We turn this molehill into a mountain. You fall, you got to get back up. Dust yourself off and continue on. Also, rejection, in in an instance that's not working or won't work, is great. It actually stops you from barking up the wrong tree. Why spend your time and energy pursuing somebody that is not interested in you at all, right? Rejection serves you in this instance as a, a beneficial thing, like it's saving your time and energy. Um, but there, there are three main ways that rejection is going to fuck with you. Uh, the first up, failure slash doubt, right? Uh, second is that uh, devaluation slash the negative self-worth. And, and the third and final way is that scarcity mindset gets triggered. So let's get into the, the first one, that self-doubt slash failure. They go hand in hand, right? Self-doubt has its bags packed and it's, it's ready. As soon as you get kicked to the curb, it knocks on the door and it's got its bags packed. Hey, man, I'm here. I'm here for you. As long as you need me, I will stay. Um, and I use that analogy because you are welcoming it in and you do allow it to stay and fester, right? You got to kick it out. The confirmation bias is that you already kind of think or feel um, that you suck, 
like that you you don't deserve this person that you've got some bad traits and when they leave you they've confirmed exactly what you already thought or felt or were afraid of right listen it already sucks no need to make it worse don't make it worse the failure of a relationship is is not this indictment against you it just didn't work in in that moment in that time uh where you were at where they were at the things didn't mesh the way that they should for the relationship to continue on just ruminate on it do the autopsy identify how you could have performed better learn the lessons unpack your bags and get ready for the next adventure right anytime something goes wrong you should you should look at it you should figure out what went wrong so that things don't continue to go wrong learn from the mistakes and improve by definition though ruminate means the action or process of thinking deeply about something notice there's zero value judgments in that definition it doesn't say good or bad it doesn't say anything it just says the action or process of thinking deeply about something so my question is how are you ruminating like what's the motivation when you ruminate and the reason i ask is that some of us when we ruminate especially when we're not good with rejection we're ruminating looking for things to justify our self-loathing our feelings of worthlessness and uh we're trying to look for a way to undo the demise of the relationship it's it's already over ruminating is not a time machine in that it takes you back it only takes your thoughts back there's no way to undo the end of the relationship it's already over don't think about it in ways of how you can stop it from being over it's over think about what you did that contributed to its ending again go back and unpack your bags figure out what what were the things that tripped you up what were the things that held you back what could you have done to improve that relationship and you're only really focused on your actions it doesn't matter if they got a side piece it doesn't matter if they really preferred their job seemingly than than they did you and there was a promotion and they had to leave none of that matters the only thing you can do is control your actions you're looking through the whole thing you're thinking deeply about it only to find areas that you you can strengthen and improve find your weaknesses strengthen your weaknesses that's it that's the purpose of ruminating and once you've done that once you've identified the areas that you need to work on you work on those areas and that's it you're done you don't keep doing this this isn't like an every uh, year we have to go back and think about this once you've identified them start working on strengthening those weaknesses that's it once you've figured out the areas that you could improve upon the rumination stops this is not a semi-annual thing that you do just over and over again again going back to justifying self-loathing feelings of worthlessness trying to undo what what already happened no that's not the purpose of it it's just to think about it identify areas that you could improve upon and do that number two the whole devaluation and negative self-worth aspect of it now on a good day negative thoughts can creep into your head out of nowhere you're just minding your own business boom there they are how much more so do you expect that to happen on a bad day rejection it's a bad part of a day, right? It's something that you obviously were interested in or going after. You wanted it. You were in it for a reason, and now it's not happening. Like it or not, your role 
helps define you and it defines you to yourself and it defines you to the world. So the loss of a role kind of throws you for a loop, right? Now you've got to reorder things. Now you got to change things up. It doesn't matter if you're the boyfriend, the Mac daddy, the husband, the side piece, the wife, whatever. When you lose that role, that was part of who you were as far as you were concerned. And no matter the sadness, the shame, the depression, uh, second guessing, whatever, the loss of that role requires a reordering in your life. Now, the positive part about this is if the loss has you shook, then clearly it was important to you and you're poised to make a fantastic return to relationships, right? The next time out of the gate, you're going to go back and you're going to do that work. You're going to ruminate, figure out what you could improve on, improve upon it, and then move forward. But your value is unchanged. You have the exact same value that you always had. If anything, you stand to increase your value moving forward because now you've identified areas that you can improve upon. You know what went wrong on your end, which is the only end that you control. So now you've, you're going to become better, stronger, faster. It's like the $6 million man out here. You're going to be better in the next relationship that you have going up. Number three, scarcity mindset. This pretty much in detracts from all areas that it touches. It leads to negative outcomes in a lot of areas. So the scarcity mindset, you think things like, I'll always be alone. Nobody wants me. I'm unlovable. Nobody loves me. Um, nobody will ever, ever be with me again. I've lost my one soulmate in the whole wide world of 8 billion people. I've lost the only one for me. Um, and I can't go on without them. That's the all or nothing thinking, right? Like this one person's the only one. There's 8 billion people. There's just only one, right? That's just not the case, okay? Mathematically, well, pick away. That's just not the case. It's not, there's not just one person out there for you. Stop it. Because you dated a bunch of people before you got to that one person that you thought was the one. Stop it. That, that's, that all or nothing thinking has you thinking that the one you had was the only one that you're supposed to have. And that is not the case. There's far too many people out there for there to be only one for you. This is not the Highlander. <laughs> the Highlander is a movie from 1986, for those of you that don't know. Anyway. All you need physiologically to survive is food, water, oxygen, and sleep. That's it. There's no person out there that you have to have to continue on. When you think like that, you're digging an imaginary hole for yourself. And the mind is unbelievably powerful, right? You can, you can think yourself into bad health. Thinking that there's just this one person and now that they're gone, nobody else would ever love me. It's not true and it's not productive, and it takes away from, you know, this feeds into the devaluing yourself. This feeds into the negative self-worth. This feeds into the self-doubt. All of this stuff triggered from failure. All of this stuff triggered from rejection. I'm telling you right now, seriously, I don't know if you want to go with Jay-Z or the Foo Fighters, but when a relationship breaks down and stops and ends, it's on to the next one. Every relationship, you might think that everything that's going on in the relationship. The relationship's going to last forever because it's great. The reality of it is that relationships are for a reason, a season, or for life. There's three possible outcomes and only one of them is for life. So though you might want it not to end and though you might not expect that it would end, 
if it ends, it ends. It wasn't for life. Clearly it wasn't for life. But that's fine. You just have to ruminate about it, figure out what you were supposed to take away from that. How can you improve from that? And then on to the next one. Scarcity mindset plays out in a few different ways. Let's go through them. Uh, One, spinster mode. Two, stage 10 clinger. Three, you punish yourself. Four, you punish your ex. Um, And the punishment up to and including violence, right? All of these are wrong. All of them are wrong. So let's get into the, the, the spinster mode. You pack it in. Fuck it. It's over. Like that shit didn't work. Nobody is going to want me. I'm not putting myself out there anymore. I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm a solo act for life. The end, period. Stage 10 clinger mode. What is that all about? It's not like the traditional you're dating somebody clinger. It's you latch on to the next thing that walks through the door, and that's going to be the thing that makes you whole. That's going to be the one that loves you for life. It's your new soulmate. Just, just like that. Mm-mm. Next up, you punish yourself, right? This can be mental. This can be physical. It can be a mix of both. It's you're not thinking. You might not be feeling what you want to feel. There's a lot of things that can go into this. This is dangerous territory. Next, you punish your ex. Now, or at least you try to, right? This stalker mode is activated. You're trashing their name everywhere you can. This might even have you entertaining thoughts of violence. Listen, the violence should be off the table. It's not cool. Um, doesn't matter who it's directed at, yourself or them. Inward, outward, it doesn't matter. Violence is not correct. But you know what? You can't tell anymore because you aren't thinking straight. Everything is so clouded and convoluted in your head. You just can't process it. These are all wrong. Every single one of them is wrong. Stop. Take a second. Get some help. I don't care who the help is. Get some help. We're not built for isolation. Spinster mode leads to more depression, right? You're going to continue the downward spiral. The first person that walks through the door probably isn't the one. I'm not saying it can't be. I'm not saying he or she cannot be. But you're just latching onto the first thing you see. That's it's not good. It's not good. You need you need the time to process everything you need that rumination phase you need to feel all of those emotions and process them and grow the first thing that pops in the door when you haven't even healed up yet it's probably not right and nobody needs to be punished relationships don't always work you know that because most of us the vast majority of us have dated multiple people before we get into that serious relationship not everybody i know but most of us have so that's your proof right there that it's not just that one person. It's not, you're not one and done. It's not them or nobody. And violence, as I said, is, is definitely not the answer. Get whatever help you need. There's no shame in it. There's no, um, nothing to be, uh, feel like you're weak for. When we get our emotions in the driver's seat and we, entertain these thoughts that are not logical they're irrational but you're in a state that makes you susceptible to that that's the time that you need help now some would say you need help at all times and i'm not gonna contradict that i'm not against that 
there's definitely times uh, that you need help. If you need it, get it. Because you've got to unpack those bags. You can't keep carrying all that shit around and processing it. You're a grown-ass man or woman, and you're still mad about shit that happened when you were eight years old. You're not eight years old anymore. That's water under the bridge, and you have to learn to let that shit go. Now, to recap all of this, yes, rejection sucks. Yes, it does. There's no, there's no debating that. But there's also no debating it's here to stay. Learn to deal with it. You can deal with it. It does not have any more power than you give it. It has no long-lasting impacts unless you allow it to have a long-lasting impact. The ball is entirely and completely in your court. No matter the cause of the rejection, learn what you can from it and then move on.org. Keep going. You don't have to stay stuck there. If you stay stuck there, that is a choice that you have made. Choose wisely, friends. Fuck that shit. The more times you're rejected, you start to learn, wow, they're not taking my birthday away. Nothing, nothing bad happens. This isn't a permanent indictment against me. And that's a lesson that people usually learn with age, right? There's not a lot of 80-year-olds that care about rejection. No's don't bother them. Other people's thoughts don't bother them. The only difference between them and somebody much younger is that they've been through a lot of rejections. They're not worried about what you think, and they know that their value has nothing to do with your opinion of them. That's a lesson that you need to know at an early age. All right, that's it. That's the show for this week. Uh, Have a great Monday night. Have a fantastic week. And as always, be good to yourself and be good to others. Before I go, I'd just like to give a big thanks to Big Rob over at Chewing the Fat Podcast. He interviewed me on his show and then sent me a mug that had the season and the episode that I was on, which is a really nice touch. Um, I really got to figure out something that I'm going to do to kind of match that because uh, that, that was really classy. You're a class act. I appreciate you having me on the podcast, and I will be talking to you again soon. Better believe it. Uh, for uh, the sake of those that were wondering, the Foo Fighters song is actually called All My Life. It's not on to the next one, but if you know the song or have ever heard the song or listened to the song, you will hear on to the next one featured more prominently than you would have expected if you don't know it. Um, that's it. That's all I got. You guys uh, want to drop me a line, shoot me a DM on Instagram at sidepiece underscore season. I'm always interested in hearing any ideas you have, thoughts. Uh, perhaps you want to get on the show. You got some message that you want to share with everybody. Come on down. We'll, we can work it out. We'll get you on the show as soon as possible. In the meantime, you guys, take care. I am out. Have a great one.